everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Student Affairs Podcast Series. My name is Sashella Derling, and I will be your host today. And we also have another co-host with us today. The student advocate, Sam McKenzie, is going to be assisting me in this interview where we're going to be interviewing Brian Hollihan from the Disability Resource Center. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Sam to introduce herself and then for Brian to introduce himself. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Samantha McKenzie, and I'm the student advocate here at UofL. And my role is just to help students out and navigating whatever it may be, whatever issue comes up and help them figure out where they need to go for support and resources. And uh, I'm Brian Holohan and I work at the Disability Resource Center as a Disability Resources Coordinator. Um, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about what I do as well. But um, kind of the, the broad version is that uh, we help students with documented disabilities receive accommodations in their courses. Um, and work collaboratively with faculty and students to ensure that they are getting their accommodations and that the curriculum is accessible and um, that they can do as well as they can here at UofL. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have both of you joining me today for this podcast where we're going to be talking about the Disability Resource Center and the activism and activist, the activism and advocacy that the Disability Resource Center is engaged with here at the University of Louisville to support students with disabilities. So I'm going to go ahead and start off by asking you, Brian, how does the DRC engage in advocacy and activism efforts to promote disability awareness and inclusion on campus? Um, so there's definitely several uh, pieces to this. I think the one of the most um, ones we do most often is actually just advocating for individual students, um, which happens in a variety of ways. But, you know, um, if students come to our office, honestly, and, and need documentation, like we can direct them in the right place. We don't do it here, but we can direct them to resources in the community. Um, if they have documentation, we can help get them set up with accommodations. And a lot of the advocacy we do for individual students uh, revolves around in the classroom. So. There's a huge spectrum of things a student may need. Um, and sometimes it's honestly just helping them navigate a situation with an instructor or a faculty member um, or us all working together to make sure that they're able to receive the accommodations they need. And if for some reason there's a, a hiccup in that process that we can all work together, um, you know, we know that a lot of times not a lot of times. Sometimes students may not have had a lot of experience advocating for themselves. and It can be intimidating. Um, so some students are already doing it and are on it. But if they ever need assistance, we are happy to help um, facilitate those conversations and be an advocate for them if they need that. Um, as far as um, inclusion on campus, we provide trainings, um, which, again, vary wildly from um, disability um, advocacy to other things as well. So some of the things we've done in the past are meeting. Um, we do have a few classes that we'll go to every semester where, I don't know, I don't know how it began, but we like started going and now every semester we will go to, there's an um, HSS class that's like, oh, what is it? It's like community health 
and they have guest speakers come in and we'll go there and talk about um, people with disabilities and not necessarily, you know, students or people in the community and some of the um, challenges they face, like with accessing healthcare and different things. Um, we also speak with department chairs. Uh, I have a meeting with the ANS department chairs next week just to talk about the general things we do and how they can help support us um, and how they can ensure that they're providing accessible materials and classes and being uh, making sure that their classroom is accessible. And if it isn't, letting them know that, like, we are happy to help. Um, so those are some of the, the big topics that we kind of do. That sounds awesome. So could you discuss any specific campaigns or projects DRC has led that the goal of it is to raise awareness about disability rights and issues and also, how can students, staff, and faculty actively participate in those initiatives? Um, yes, yeah, so we uh, do several trainings, and there's a way for people to request a training if they actually want someone from the office to come and present on um, how to be like a, an advocate for students with disabilities. But on our website, there's a place to request one for, and honestly, anyone can. Like, we've done it for RSOs. Um, classrooms, different staff organizations and staff meetings and things like that. Um, there's also an online training that people can do themselves. Like anyone could just log on and go through the training. And then at the end, you kind of sign a thing saying you completed it. Um, and that has a lot of good information about disability rights and issues and how to be an advocate and how to make sure things are accessible and what someone can do to help improve that. And there's actually also a facilitation guide in that same spot. So if someone wanted to present it to a group themselves and maybe we weren't available or they wanted to take the actual presentation themselves, uh, they can download that and use that as well. And it's pretty, it's pretty explicit. It goes through slide through slide. So you don't, you wouldn't need to be, you know, an expert in it to do the presentation, which is the whole point. Um, so that's another option as well. Um, and then the other thing too that I just want to throw out there, this is a little outside of, it is outside of our office, but there's also a, uh, the student led organization, the Disabled Cards United, um, RSO that has several members and is pretty active. It's not under our office, but I know a couple people that are in it and I think they're doing a lot of interesting things. So, um, I know sometimes they need, things from staff or faculty as far as like advisors. And of course, if students wanted to be involved, I'm sure, I'm sure they would be accepting of new members, um, but that's kind of outside of our office, but yeah. That's awesome to hear. And thank you for the shout out for uh, DCU, Disabled Cards United. I am actually on the advocacy committee and um, yes, we always, Love to get students, faculty, staff, really anybody involved um, in disability advocacy. So uh, that kind of goes into my next question for you. So uh, what ways does the DRC empower individuals with disabilities to become advocates for themselves and others? And how do you encourage the broader campus community to join in on these efforts? Uh, I think so. I kind of touched on it a minute ago where we talked about uh, advocating for individual students. Um, so a short synopsis of sort of how the process would work is a student who is receiving accommodations receive a letter that 
documents, their accommodations that they're approved for. They provide it to the instructor. And, um, you know, thankfully, the large majority of instructors we work with, see letters every semester are pretty in tune with like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how it works. Um, so thankfully, it usually goes very, very smoothly. Um, but as far as helping the students advocate for themselves, you know, we realize, uh, I think I mentioned this a minute ago, that we see more and more students now, of course, like freshmen coming in, depending on their high school experience, may or may not have been super involved in their IEP meetings or 504 plans if they had those in high school and now they're coming to college. Like sometimes they are and other times they're not. So now to say, here's this letter and you go need to, you need to go talk to your instructor. Some of them, of course, are just like, all right, sounds great. Um, but other ones are sort of trying to navigate that dynamic and like, what do I say and how do I, and it's, it's intimidating too. I mean, you're talking to Dr. So-and-so who wrote the book that we're having in class. Like it's, it's an intimidating experience. It can be. Um, thankfully most of the instructors are, Lovely and wonderful, but I understand why someone might be nervous about that. So um, we are always available to help students initiate those conversations, make sure they feel comfortable talking to instructors. Um, and if they do have any concerns or confusion over, like, how to do it or they're worried the instructor doesn't quite understand what the plan is, um, we always encourage them to help out with us or to reach out to us. Um, the other thing we're seeing more of recently, which – Honestly, I think it's probably a good thing in some ways is I'm seeing more students who I have been at U of L for a year, two years, three years, and but are just recently diagnosed um, with, you know, something. And so but then it's like a whole different dynamic because they're not only trying to navigate the conversation with the instructor, but also I, I actually just heard this from a student the other day. You know, they're trying to also just like wrap their head around what does this mean for me and how like how is it impacting me and how am I navigating this so then to also say you need to have this conversation with your instructor again that can be tricky um and then as far as the larger campus goes um we just mentioned this a minute ago but we kind of switched how we did caseloads so previously I kind of had any student that had like a, a learning disability or ADHD as their primary disability, which of course there's people who have a variety of things. There's a lot of overlap, but, but we've switched it to specific units now. So I only have, um, arts and sciences, which has been helpful because again, like I'm meeting with the chairs. I actually ended up talking to the chair about something last semester, um, or the, the dean of arts and sciences about something. And she and I were talking and she's very nice and she invited me to come to speak to the chairs because there was some confusion. And so I'm seeing the same instructor names and like we're having conversations more than once. Um, and I just think there's like a lot of uh, it's so much easier when you can say, you know, I talked to Dr. So-and-so last semester about this other thing. And he knows like I, Brian and I spoke last time. So like I can just ask Brian and it's made things a lot easier um, to just provide the collaboration where you're working with similar people over and over. And then there's like a, you know, the trust component and everyone feels like they're on the same page. Um, so that's been really helpful. Awesome. So you've actually already kind of described some of the partnerships that the DRC has, for example, with the different academic units. Um, and I know that that DRC has partnered with a lot of other um, 
whether it's UofL organizations or even outside organizations to help. Um, for example, I know we've done the Reframing Autism Initiative where it was DRC, mm-hmm. Dean of Students Office, the Kentucky Autism Training Center and the Delphi Center. Um, and hopefully we'll get that back going soon. But I know you all do a lot of work with other other entities and other organizations. So can you elaborate on any other partnerships or collaborations you all have um, that are that's used to amplify advocacy efforts and promote disability awareness? I know there is a an event coming up that you all are, are helping out with as well. So if you want to mention that. Uh, yeah. So there's actually uh, kind of a variety of things that we do in the community. So every so every year, JCPS has at least one, but now I think there might be two um, sort of events. One's called like, how is it called? Going to college with a disability. And it's, it's for students and families in JCPS who I think, I honestly think anyone can go. Um, Cause sometimes we do see students who are like sophomores. So they're very early on in the process. Um, but a lot of them are juniors and seniors. Um, and so that one is actually, I think, a bunch of schools in Kentucky. So it's a, a virtual thing. And like, I'll be there, but also like UK and other places where parents, students can ask questions about what does it look like? How do you get signed up? What types of accommodations can a student get or need? Um, the other one, too, we, we do work somewhat closely with vocational rehab. So we have our, our coaching program for students with disabilities um, and vocational rehab sometimes can help students pay for for those services or pay for books. Um, and so we end up working with some of the voc rehab counselors on that a little bit. And then this is a somewhat newer program, but there's an internship at, I believe it's pronounced Fairyback Center, uh, which is in Indianapolis. Uh, it's for specifically for students with physical disabilities, but it offers like paid summer internships and they can provide a lot of support with like workplace accommodations and professional development accessible housing and transportation we've had at least one student do it um and i know that they're continuing to plan on see if students want to do it and the student that did it had a good experience um and then also our director colleen is participating uh in this community of practice with the ferryback center this year to improve career development services for or resources for students with disabilities and that's like with our office them the University Career Center and the Speed School Career Center. Um, I don't think that's happened yet, but like it's it's going to happen. So there. Well, it sounds like the Disability Resource Center is really engaged in a lot of advocacy work and a lot of activism through partnerships with various organizations on campus. And I think that truly is one of the best approaches particularly when we're dealing with um, students with disabilities. Uh, We need to be building that community and ensuring that there are resources and supports in place so that they are feeling like their their possibilities are endless, that they can be self-determined, and that their post-secondary educational experience is what they imagined it to be. So thank you to the Disability Resource Center and thank you to the student advocate who do so much work in supporting these students um, on their post-secondary journey. So thank you to both of you for taking the time to come and talk today about disability awareness and advocacy here at the University of Louisville. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up with um, did you know that there will be a disability talk on campus March 21st, that's a Thursday, at the Belknap Academic Building. 
with a tabling event in the lobby and then a student panel in room 218. Uh, additionally, Brian had mentioned earlier um, that there are resources on the Disability Resource Center's webpage, and I wanted to make sure that you all have that link. So that is louisville.edu slash disability slash advocacy. So be sure to go and check that out, and you can see all of the different ways that you can get engaged and help advocate for students with disabilities here at the University of Louisville. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Student Affairs Podcast Series, and you all have a wonderful day.